I was thinking about uh, this idea this week that faster is not always better. Faster is not always better. I mean, like if you are thinking about uh, shopping for wine, you want a wine for a special occasion that's been aged in a barrel somewhere for several decades. You don't want your wine that just uh, hit the barrels and then it was poured into a bottle right after that. You don't want that. I, I think that sometimes in our lives too, uh, we, we need to watch our pace. And some of us are starting the fall semester here. Some of your parents, some of you are starting school um, if you're a student. And you can get into that rhythm, that uh, restless rhythm. And it's not healthy and you've got to slow down as well. Sometimes faster is not better, but there are times where faster is actually better. Think about travel. You don't want three, four layovers when you're going from destination A to destination B. You want a direct flight. Imagine how things uh, were done back in the days when you ordered products through the mail, how long it took for it to arrive at your house. And imagine if that was still going, if there was no Amazon. We can't live without Amazon nowadays. <laughs> you know, my friend uh, Beto Mota, he's, uh, he's an executive with uh, Amazon. And he was sharing with me last night that the main indicator that the executives of Amazon look at in, in order to increase sales is speed. And that about 65% to 70% of all of the purchases that are made at Amazon get delivered in less than 48 hours, regardless of where in the world. Isn't that amazing? Sometimes speed is important. Sometimes faster is better. Uh, today we are wrapping up this series of sermons in the book of 2 Thessalonians. We've been going for nine weeks. Can you believe that? Nine weeks in First and Second Thessalonians throughout the summer. Did you enjoy the series? I, I, I've enjoyed the series. I got to preach about half of it. Uh, I was traveling the first half of the series, but I heard some of the sermons that the other pastors preached. It's been a fun series. I never preached systematically through the book of Thessalonians. We never had a series here at Crossbridge in the 15 years of Crossbridge, and this has been an amazing experience. And today we get to look at the last piece of 2 Thessalonians, the second letter that Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica. And in Paul's closing words to that church, as we're going to read in a little bit, in his closing words to the church in Thessalonica, he gets them to understand that when it comes to the spreading of the gospel, when it comes to the spreading of the word of God, slower is not better, faster is better. Look at what he says here, 2 Thessalonians 3, verses 1 through 5. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the word of God may speed ahead and be honored. Let me say that again. Pray for us that the word of God may speed ahead and be honored as happened among you and that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men. For not all have faith. But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord about you, that you are doing and will do the things that we command. And may the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness 
of Christ. This is the word of the Lord. And, you know, I, 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 I imagine that you understood when I repeated verse 1 that it was very clear that the Apostle Paul is asking for them to pray so that the word of God may speed ahead. And, and, and I was thinking about that, and I look at the other versions of the Bible. There's this version that was uh, um, done by this man by the name of Eugene Peterson called the Message Version. He tries to translate the Bible in modern-day language, and this is how he translates this verse. Okay, let me go to... Uh, the message version. One more thing, friends. Pray for us. Pray that the master's word will simply take off and race through the country to a groundswell of response, just as it did among you. Uh, In these words of the Apostle Paul, these closing words of the Apostle Paul to this church, he is implying a few things that I think it's important for us to reflect this morning. Uh, Number one, he's trying to get him to understand and get us to understand that the Word of God moves at different speeds at times. It it can move at different speeds. Uh, Secondly, uh, he, he wants us to understand how to increase the velocity of the Word of God. What sets the velocity of the Word of God? And then lastly... Uh, the how, some practical implications of how we, as followers of Jesus, can increase the velocity of the Word of God so that it goes forth and it bears fruit in our lives and in the world around us. Uh, First, uh, he implies here that the Word of God moves at different speeds. Uh, For instance, as he is reminding them, the Word of God had moved quite rapidly among them in that region. He says, as it happened among you. We ask that the word of God will speed up as it has happened among you. This was a day and age where the gospel was flourishing everywhere as the disciples of Jesus, after the ascension of Jesus, began to take the gospel to the major cities of the Greco-Roman world. But this whole movement started in Jerusalem. And if you're familiar with the book of Acts of the Apostles, that's what we read in Acts of the Apostles. That's what we learn in Acts of the Apostles. We learn of the advance of the gospel. We learn of the advance of the word of God in the early days of the church, which begins with a sermon that Peter preaches at the footsteps of the temple in Jerusalem where 3,000 people are converted. And now we read in chapter 2, 42 through 47. You can look at it later that they were now gathering under the word of God and they devoted themselves to prayer and they also devoted themselves to sharing uh, what they had. And what happened as a result is that the Lord began to add to their numbers day and night. That's what we read right there in Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47. That was a season where the gospel spread really, really rapidly. In fact, I don't know if you knew this, but the Christian faith when it began... In the early first century, it was a persecuted faith. And in three centuries, it became the dominant religion of the Roman Empire. From a group of about 50,000 people in the first century, it it became a religion of millions by the third century. Christianity grew like crazy in the first three centuries of its inception. Now, there has been seasons where... Uh, the Word of God has moved really slow and has remained stagnant. 
Uh, when you look, for instance, at um, the book of Jeremiah, when the prophet Jeremiah would bring the word of God to the people and it would bear no fruit people, because people would resist the word of God. It would move slow. And there has been times in history, including the time in which we're living right now, where uh, the number of people that attend church is decreasing year over year, and its frequency as well, year over year. Uh, a few sermons ago, I brought you some statistics, and one of them that says that, you know, even before the pandemic, uh, the average attendance of a church member would be two Sundays a month, and it's now dropped to 0.8. So that is happening. There are times where the Word of God moves rapidly. There are times that it moves slow. But here is the point that we should not desire that the Word of God would move slow. We should not desire that the Word of God would remain stagnant. It should be our desire. It should be our prayer. It should be uh, the uh, obsession of the church of Jesus that the Word of God, like Paul says here, would speed ahead. That all of our efforts would go into seeing that happen. I know, I know that some of you know this, some of you do not know this, but uh, this place in which we are meeting right now, this is a temporary location for our church. This is not our home. We have made it our home temporarily, but this is not our home. We're building our home on the corner of North Kendall Drive and Ludlam. Uh, early next year, our hope is that we would move to this beautiful new building, right? Like, I don't know if you've seen the rendition, some amazing building. And I go there every week to talk to uh, the guys who are responsible for that construction project. And I just want to be kept up to speed of what's happening. And, and I go in there and I pray. I pray. Um, I pray to God that that place would be a place where lives would be transformed by the power of the gospel. That the reason why this place is being built, I reason with myself because I'm like, man, why, why are we spending all this money? We should have put the money somewhere else. But it's an expensive building. It's gotten more expensive, you know, with what has happened to our economy in the last three years or so. But, you know, God reminds me, no, no, this is a place that I'm going to give you guys to accelerate the work of the gospel in the city. Amen? That, that's why we have that. That's why we are being engaged and involved with Serve Week, where we hope to serve tens of thousands of people globally with our family of churches. Why are we doing that? We're not doing that to expand our brand. We're doing that because we want to see the gospel speed ahead. We cannot stay complacent. We cannot cross our arms See, the Apostle Paul is trying to get us to understand it's something that you and I need to have it deeply entrenched in our hearts and in our souls. Listen, guys, speed is important when time is of essence. When time is of essence. Time is of essence. Life is short. I mean, I was thinking about this uh, while I was out on vacation with my family. The Lord was speaking to me and just reminding me, you know, like... I am now 45, and I don't have, what, a daughter going into college, and some of you all, yeah, you know, uh, I'm, I'm having grandkids right now. And if you think about it, your life has just passed in the blink of an eye, and it's continuing to pass. In the blink of an eye, our lives and our existence is so short, guys, so short. And it is a privilege to partner with God in the advancement of the gospel, to bring transformation into lives, into communities, 
And yet we waste this time with so many things that do not matter. They're not moving the needle forward in any way. Time is of essence. The best life, I believe, that is lived is the life that is lived with the intention of speeding the word of God, speeding the work of the word of God. And that's why the apostle Paul asked him, pray for that. We want to see what's happened with you in other places as well. Jesus to his disciples in John chapter 9. Remember Jesus' words to his disciples? In John chapter 9, he says, we must quickly carry out the task assigned to us by the one who sent us because the night is coming and then no one can work. This is the time that God has given you right now. It's not tomorrow. It's not a year from now. This is the time that God has given to you right now today to live for him and to speed ahead the work of the gospel in your life, in your marriage, in your communities, through your church. Time is of essence. And the reason why this should be a priority in our lives is because the word of God, which is synonymous to the gospel, it changes everything. Wherever it touches, it changes. Wherever it, wherever it goes, it turns uh, deserts into gardens. It, it, it turns parched land into uh, rivers. It, it, it turns that which is dead into life. So if you want to see anything revive around you, if you want to see your marriage revive, if you want to see your business revive, your relationships revive, if you want to see this city revive, if you want revival it's only going to come once the word of God bears its power on that which is stagnant, is not moving, that which is dead. Let's read again the passage that we opened the service with in Isaiah 55 because that's what Isaiah is talking about, that the word of God never comes back void when it's cast out. The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. This is God speaking. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. So repeat after me. God, may your word advance. May your word advance. May his word advance in your life. May his word touch every nook and cranny, cranny of your soul. May it touch every single area of this city. And may it touch our church and may it bear fruit. It moves at different speeds. And we want it to move fast. Amen? Do you want it to move fast? I want it to move fast. Amen. Now, what sets the velocity for the Word of God? If it moves at different speeds, what dictates the velocity of the Word of God? And I think that the first thing that you must understand, and which is also present inferred in the text that we read, is that the Word of God moves through people. That's how it moves. It moves through people, and that's why Paul says, pray for us. He's 
asking them to pray for them so that the word would advance, meaning that they are the vehicles by which the word of God advances. And that is extremely consistent with another teaching of the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 10, verses 13 and 14, when he, where he says this, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how then can they call on the one who they have not believed? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard, and how can they hear without someone to preach, and how can they preach unless they are sent, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. You are the one who sets the velocity for God's word. Because you, as the Apostle Paul is saying here, as a follower of Jesus, you are the vehicle for the word of God into places and into people's lives. That's how it works. And therefore, part of this letter here, when the Apostle Paul writes closing uh, this letter to this church in Thessalonica, is to express later on his frustrations. I didn't want to read his frustrations, which are in verses 6 through 12, because I didn't want it to be a downer for you guys. But the Apostle Paul, from verses 6 through 12, you can read it later, he says this, look, there are people among you that are idle, that are complacent, that are fine because their needs are being served and their needs are being met, but they're not thinking about the spiritual and the physical needs of others that are met once the Word of God speeds ahead. They're idle. Look at what he says in verse 6. I'm just going to read it. Pay attention. He says, we command you, brothers. See, this is how he closes the letter. We command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus, that you keep away from any brother or sister who is walking in idleness. Stay away from them. You know why? Because a bad apple corrupts all the other apples. All you need sometimes in a team, whether it's a sports team or a business team or a family or a church is for a responsibility to be put before everybody, a vision to be cast for the team. And one person says, uh, yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. That's all it takes. And then others are like, yeah, yeah, you know, he or she, they're not doing anything, so why should I? And then the other one says, oh, yeah, yeah, that makes total sense. You know, I'm busy, and we find ways of justifying. Uh, when we think about the advance of the Word of God and us being the vehicles, we have so many excuses. If I sit down with some of you and say, is the Word advancing through your life? And you're going to have to be honest because you can't lie to me. <laughs> Although some of us do. And you will come up with all these excuses. I'm busy, you know, there's... Uh, there's, uh, the semester has started and I'm, I, have, I have to drive my kids through all these, you know, sports activities and after school programs and, oh my gosh, I have so many bills to pay and my boss is just stacking up work on top of work for me to do and, and that's, that's why I don't have time to think about how I can be utilized uh, as a vehicle to advance the word of God, to accelerate the word of God wherever I am at. And, and, and look, you know, remember where, how I started the sermon? I said that not always faster is better, but sometimes faster is better. That was how I started the sermon. 
So there are times in your life that you got to go slow and there are times that you got to go fast. The frustrating part to the Apostle Paul and to me sometimes is that you get fast in the things that you're supposed to be getting slow and you get slow in the things you're supposed to be getting fast. And here's a question for you. God is saying go. Why are you breaking when God says go? Why is that? Why are you stepping on the brakes when God is saying, hey, step on the accelerator? Why? And why sometimes are you complaining that the word of God is moving slow if you're not willing to take the word of God wherever it needs to go. Why is that? It moves at different speeds. But the velocity of the word of God is dictated by the choices that we make on a day-to-day basis. Do we want it? Will we be? the vehicles by which the word of God accelerates into the world. Now, lastly, how? How can we serve as effective vehicles so that the word of God accelerates in our lives and in our world so that everywhere it touches through us, it begins to bear fruit, it brings dead things into life, how can, how can we do that? Now, I, I said to you that uh, the, the word of God moves through people. It moves through you. It moves through me. But it moves through people at the speed of faith. It moves through us, but at the speed of faith. Do, do you remember uh, reading the gospel accounts where Jesus is placed before an opportunity to bring physical healing into someone. Usually, when that is the case, the question that Jesus always asks, I I was reading this week Matthew 9, when Jesus is before two blind men that come to him for healing. What is the question that Jesus is always asking, that he asks those two blind men? Do you believe that I can do this? Do you believe this? And it reminds me also of that passage in James chapter 5, James the brother of Jesus, who later on writes and, 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 and reminds us that there is power in prayer and that God through prayer can heal sick people. He can restore people. But he says it's the prayer, there's a type of prayer that brings healing. It's the prayer offered in faith. It moves through people at the speed of faith. You may know this. You may want this. But it is being demonstrated in your life. How is faith demonstrated? If it moves through us at the speed of faith, don't forget this. It moves through you at the speed of faith. How is faith's evidence demonstrated in our lives? Three things he talks about here. Very clear in the passage. The first thing he says is prayer. Pray for us so that the word of God may speed ahead. It's prayer. Prayer is a predetermined means that God has made available to us so that he would move through it. If you don't pray, don't expect God to move. God moves at the speed of our faith demonstrated through our prayer. And and that's why I love so much 
what we did this past Friday night. And, and I know sometimes you're, you, know, you, you go through a busy week and you just want to blow some steam off on Friday night because it was filled with problems and frustrations. And before the semester was officially launched here at Crossbridge, you know, a few of us were here on Friday night worshiping God. And if you didn't come, I'm going to tell you, not, not, not to guilt you, but to guilt you a little bit. Now you missed out. You just missed out. You just missed out on the presence of God. I mean, I saw eight-year-old, nine-year-old kids, you know, just like surrendering to God, getting on their knees, and older folks, and uh, youth, and it, it was amazing. Uh, you know, there's this passage in Acts chapter 11, before the apostle Paul is sent out with Silas to spread the word of the Lord to the major Greco-Roman cities. He's in the city of Antioch, and uh, they're not in a conference room, you know, with whiteboards strategizing how that mission work would go, like we always do. The text tells us that they're just worshiping and praising the Lord, and the Spirit of the Lord reveals to them, set aside Paul, Silas, and Barnabas to do the work that I have prepared for them. It's while they're praying, it's while they're worshiping that the vision of God comes to them. You want new vision for your life? You want yourself to become this vehicle by which the Word of God can accelerate in your family in, and, and out of your family into the world? Do you want to be that? How's your prayer life? And I'm not speaking here as someone that, you know, is the strongest prayer warrior that is out there. But I know this. I've been a pastor for 25 years. And I've learned that without prayer, things do not happen as they should. They do not move. And here's a challenge for us as we're starting our semester, restarting things is that, hey, um, what role is prayer playing in this season of my life? That's a question that you may ask, that you should ask. What role is it playing in the life of our church? We have all these things ahead. How much time are we going to carve out to seek the Lord? And when we do, and when you do pray, what do you pray for? Look at what he says here. Pray that the word of God may speed ahead and be honored. What does he mean when he says Pray that the word of God may speed ahead and be honored. It means that the word of God would be taken seriously by people, that it would be received by people, that it would uh, allow people to respond to it in a healthy way, meaning that they would repent and that they would surrender their lives to Christ. Are you praying right now besides all the goals that you have in front of you that you want to accomplish this semester or this year? You're going to God and say, God, I want you to bless these things in my life. And are you, in addition to that, I'm not saying it's wrong for you to do that, but in addition to that, are you also praying that you would be a vehicle so that people would be saved, so that lives would be impacted by the power of the gospel? Do you have names that you pray for on a constant basis, that you can't go to sleep without praying for that person and saying, God, give me an opportunity to share the gospel with them. I want to invite them to church. Give me the perfect opportunity. I want to speak the word into their lives because only the gospel has the power that is necessary to bring transformation in that life. So you pray that the word of God be honored. Also, what else do you pray? He says uh, that the word of God may speed ahead and be honored. Look, as it happened among you, 
And then verse two now, this is, this is another reason for you to pray as you pray about the word of God advancing and speeding ahead. And that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men for not all have faith. What he's talking about here is this, there's a lot of obstacles to the word of God going forth. And oftentimes these obstacles are people that keep the word of God from advancing. How do people become obstacles, especially in the Christian community? They're negative. Oh, this vision never going to be accomplished. Oh, my God. Ah. I know the secret agenda behind all of this. <laughs> hey, check this out. These guys, look at these guys. Look at what they're thinking. Sometimes you've got to pray that God will remove certain people out of the way. I prayed for God to remove certain people out of the way at times. It's okay. Say, hey, these people are becoming an obstacle. They're negative people. They're poisoning others. God, will you remove these people and bless them? But in, in your life, sometimes you've got to pray for that. There are some influence. For instance, I'm just using an example here in your marriage, for instance. There are some people that are keeping your marriage from thriving, from the word of God to speeding ahead in your marriage. There are some friends of your spouse that are not good, and you got to say, God, I want you, this, this, is the, this is an obstacle for the word of God to advance you. I want you to remove some of these people. Not remove them from the earth, although, <laughs> although he might. You know, my professor, Steve Brown in seminary, he would say, as a pastor, he says, you know, there's nothing that some funerals won't do for a church. So you're not praying for them to be removed from the earth, but you're, you're asking God to remove them from that particular situation because you want an open field for the word of God to bear fruit. And there's just some people that keep that from happening. That's what the Apostle Paul is asking them to pray for. And it's okay for you and I to pray for that as well. There's some influence in the life of your kids that you got to pray for them to be removed. Not from the earth, from that relationship. It's okay. You can pray for that. So that the word of God would advance because it's too precious of a work. It's too precious of an impact for you not to pray that it would move forward and the obstacles would be removed. And here is the cheesy, catchy line. If you want the word of God to go fast, fast. Okay? <laughs> you got that? Some people are like, what? Yeah. If you want the word of God to move fast, fast. Some people are like, what, what do you mean? Well, Fasting is an intense period of prayer. And sometimes one simple prayer won't do because God wants you to show dependence on him. And sometimes, oh, I already prayed for that. And, and you just left it at that. And God knows if he wants to do anything, that's up to him. No, no, no. Yeah, God can do that. But he wants us to show dependence on him, going to him, after him, over and over again. If you want the word to move fast, fast. Secondly, here's how faith is, faith is evidenced in our lives. This faith uh, which, uh, by which the word of God moves, obedience. Verse 4. Look at verse 4. Look at what he says in verse 4. We're going to work through all five verses today. And we have confidence in the Lord about you. Confidence. Paul is saying, I have confidence in the Lord about you that you are doing and will do the things that we command. You know what the Apostle Paul is saying? Is sometimes we desire because we know that God can change situations through his word. We, 
We know and we want it. We want it. If I ask you, do you want it? But we only want it at a, at, up until a certain point. And, and, and here, here's, where, here's where the buck stops for us sometimes, our desire to see the Word of God move forward. Let me ask you, do you want the Word of God to move forward in your life and through this church? Speed ahead? You want that? You do or no? Yes. yes. Amen. You can say amen here. We're, you know, we're a little Pentecostal too, so you can, you can drop an amen here and there. <laughs> you know, I need some feedback sometimes. It's good. Amen. All right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You'll keep it going. Keep it going. You want it, but here, here's where the buck stops from your desire into actually becoming a reality. You ask God to act, but you are not willing to act upon the Word of God. You ask God, God, please act, but you yourself not, are not willing to act on the Word of God. Let me give you some examples of how that works per, in your personal lives. I've heard a lot of people come to me and say, hey, I, I want to have a um, thriving financial life. And I ask the question, why? It's because I want to bless people with, uh, with, a, with my finances. If God gives me much, I will give much. Can you pray for that? Do you want it? Yes. Do you have faith that he can do that? Yes. How generous are you? Oh, I'm working myself up there. <laughs> not acting on the word of God. <laughs> if you're not already acting upon it, why would the Lord give it to you? Here, here's another example. Pastor, pray for my marriage. I want my marriage to thrive. Yes. Okay, that's great. Do you believe that God can do a work in your marriage? It's hard, but yes. Yes, he can. Are you willing to change your behaviors? Of how kind you are to your spouse. Oh, that's, that's the next step. That's when you show whether you believe or not. It's through obedience. It's not just words. It's how you act upon the word of God. It's to say to God, God, will you go? And then go. You go. Are we willing to act on the word of God? We want to see God do amazing things through our church community. Are we willing to act on his word of what a follower of Jesus should do and how he should live his life and how... Uh, he should carry out the mission of the local church, the desire to build the local church. Are you willing to do that? And in all areas of life, you should ask that question as well. Obedience is how faith is evidenced. And faith is what dictates the speed of the Word of God in us. Last thing he says, which I think is amazing, is the last verse that we read. In verse 5, and then here he, here's how he pretty much closes this letter. He says, may the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. Now, now notice here, he doesn't say, may the Lord make you steadfast in prayer. May the Lord make you steadfast in obedience. He says, may he direct your hearts to the love of God and the steadfastness, not your steadfastness, but to the steadfastness of Christ. Why? Why is Paul saying that? I want your hearts to be completely taken over 
flooded by the love of God. Because he's getting here to what is the source of power. He's getting here to what the source of power is for our faith to be activated and to be demonstrated through prayer and obedience. Unless your heart has been flooded by the love of God, you won't be able to do that. Unless you see, look, unless you see the steadfastness of Christ, why was Christ steadfast? Remember his sufferings, Passion Week? Why did Christ not tap out? Why did he not quit? He did not quit. He was steadfast in his suffering for our sakes. It was the love that he had for us that kept it going for him. And the only thing that will keep you going, the only thing that will build this faith in you, this robust faith that is necessary for the word of God to speed ahead through you is the love of God. Because quite frankly, there's many of us here that are doing all this work and you're like, oh, I love these vision talks, pastor. You know, just tell us, tell us that we must do. But your motivation is to get something from God as you do it. It's not because you have already received from him. It's not coming from the right place. And if love is not your motivation, if your love for Jesus, because of what he has done for you on the cross, and you've seen his infinite worth because he has given his life for you, if that does not sweep you off your feet, if that does not flood your heart, and if instead... Your motivation is because I want God to bless me, because I want God to be pleased with me, because I want my prayers to be answered. The moment that you go through hardships and your prayers are not being answered, what do you do? You quit. Because your motivation is not right. So, so may the Lord direct our hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. And my prayer is that some of you would find this love that is just dead inside of you right now. You've become religious. You've become concerned with unimportant things. When you're supposed to go slow, you're going fast. When you're supposed to go fast, you're going slow. And the source of it all, the reason for this type of life is, is just that your heart's have not been captivated by the love of Jesus, have not been directed there. And my prayer is that you would find this love. Because if you find this love, you will not break when God says, go. Amen? You will not break when God says, go. When God says, go, he's going to say, go. There's another passage that came to my mind. I'm going to close with this passage. And, uh, and I'm actually going to offer... Because I actually finished my ser sermon quite early. <laughs> I usually don't finish this early, but I finished quite early. And so I, I want to give you an opportunity to be prayed over as a church today. Uh, there, there's this passage that all, also the Lord brought to me. As I was studying this text, there was all these biblical passages that were interlocking and being connected. I was like, oh my gosh. And on Thursday, I was going on a run and, you know, I, I put the Bible app to read scriptures to me, and sometimes I do it in a, in a random way. And Amos 9, 13 came to me. Look, look at this. And that's as, as, as if God was speaking to you and I. He says, the time will come, says the Lord, 
when the grain and grapes will grow faster than they can be harvested. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know what he's saying? He's saying, as you're going about to do this work, I'm already giving the fruits. It's going to overwhelm you. Do you want this? Do you believe this? Do you want that for you? Stand up. I want you to prepare to worship God. And, and I want to pray for you. If you want prayer, if you say, God, I want, I want your word to be accelerated in my life in a way that I've never seen before. And I want the word to be accelerated through me into the community and the world around me in a way that I've never seen before. I want Amos 9.13 for me. I, I, I want it to be so that when I go to drop the seed, the fruit will be growing faster than I can harvest it. You want that prayer? Come here. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to come down here. I'm not going to pray for you. If you need prayer, and we're going to pray, and then through this prayer, God is going to lead us into a moment of worship, and that's how we're going to wrap up our time together. Uh, Lord, fulfill this word in the life of your people. May the fruits come faster than they expect. May it come to us, to our church, faster than we expect. You know, many times when we're thinking about the work that you're doing in us, or that you have promised to do for us, we're always looking at all the challenges and, oh, my gosh, this is going to take so much time. I can't wait. And sometimes we do have to surrender our hearts to the timing of God, but there are moments in time where the Lord speaks promises into our lives. And when he speaks promises into our lives, we don't push it back. We open our arms and we receive it. And we receive it. That's what we're doing here today. And I want you to have a faith big enough in the Son of God because it is your faith in Jesus that activates your ability to believe that God can do infinitely more than you ever dared to believe and to imagine. And because we have faith in the Savior, because we have deposited our life's trust in the Savior, we can say He can do infinitely bigger and more than I expect. All the passages were put before you today just proves us that. We're not standing here on emotionalism. We're, 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 we're not, you know, promising anything here. And we're not trying to grasp on anything that is not rooted in the Word and in the promises of God. We are deeply rooted in this Word. And so, Father, we pray that you would do this work among us. That we would see you at work in unseen ways. That the word would move through us, through us. May you feel the word of God moving through you right now. May it move through us at the speed of our faith. Father, we pray for an increase of faith before any other increase. That's what we pray here, an increase of faith. You're going to do this work. And Father, all of those that have come here is because they believe. And there may some of you, some of them here sitting, that they're not fully convinced yet. But Father, I pray that you would plant this seed of faith in their hearts. And if there are lives here that have not fully surrendered to Jesus yet, that they would surrender to Jesus. We're coming to you in prayer, Father, willing to do the work of obedience, grounding our hearts in the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. God, may God bless you. May God bless you. Let's worship him. Let's worship.